you, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Let's see if I remember how to do this. <clears throat> Not that I ever did. Welcome everybody to episode 161 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. We're back, guys. We have returned. Triumphantly. We took some time off. Uh for I mean it was it was it was a mixture of political and I guess personal reasons. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, like, we, we put out a blog post about it. We talked about it, like, last couple episodes. But it's just, like, <clears throat> every year we do a 4th of July episode, and uh, it's it's mostly tongue-in-cheek. It's not, like, you know, we're not, like, super wave-the-flag America, but, um, you know, rock, flag, and eagle, if you will. <laughs> rock, flag, and eagle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, were, we just weren't really feeling it this year because this country is just so fucked yeah um you know like like i mean you said we, we put out a blog post and i when i wrote it i tried to do my best to not make it a you know to not take sides and just say that we we need to stop with the the division in this country that everything has to be left versus right or red versus blue and it's it, it not everything needs to be that way and not everybody needs to instantly be lumped into a certain group because of their opinion on one topic you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't want to launch into another long discussion about it like we have been but you know i think it really can boil down to one core it it's You know, we, we've got this this new wave of uh, conservatives that are Trump supporters, and they've basically isolated themselves as being like this superior race, <laughs> um, for lack of a better term, um, and they've basically claimed the Republican Party, and you know, true Republicans, you know, the ones that have actually like most that most people on the left have not really agreed with historically but have tried to work with they are so afraid to speak against their party um that they've basically just become part of the problem um and you know we've got people on the left that are at fault for basically making this a war just like um trump supporters do um rather than trying to see it as a problem that the human race needs to solve right but yeah, both directions are just getting farther and farther out, and you know we need to come together more. Just I, I mean, you know the, the whole the the Black Lives Matter um, 
movement as of the last couple months aside you know you think about a global a global issue that is new and that's coronavirus and you know it seems like every country but us has realized that this is a human issue but somehow Americans have politicized it um, they, they, they I mean they've tried to use it as a as a political weapon in one direction or the other and anyway that, that that's enough that's just to say that you know we, we took some time off um, because you know we, we aside from not really feeling like uh, like we wanted to really celebrate <laughs> uh, you know a, a patriotic day I I don't know if you're feeling it but I was getting a little burned out <clears throat> yeah just uh um, I mean, doing this remotely, um, you'd think that would be less taxing, but it actually seems like it's more work. I imagine the editing process is much worse. Y- yeah. I mean, it, it definitely does take longer, but you know, it's, it's like, we don't have the same rhythm. Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when we, when we're in the same room together, we can kind of riff off of each other. I think it's gotten better since we've been doing this with video so we can only see each other. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Oh, you know, over time, it's just like trying to try to capture that same rhythm that we have when we're in the same room together. It's been tough. So I think for for me, at least having that time off was was important just so I could kind of recharge a little bit. Yeah. Well, but, hopefully, uh, you know, knock on wood, this will be our last remote episode. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, technically, we could have recorded during this episode. Um, I don't know. For me, it was just a little bit of unease still and also it's just like where the 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 in-person episodes seem to flow a little better these are definitely easier as far as like scheduling and and just actually sitting down and getting it done because as we said before we know we live 30 40 minutes apart and so that's that's a chore in and of itself but anyway so we haven't been around for a month Hopefully we still know how to do this. If we ever <laughs> did, did you do in the, the first thing? place. <laughs> did you do the thing? Uh, did, I do, did I do the thing? I don't need to do the thing unless we're recording because I'm using the my separate my my snowball mic. So I only oh, have okay. to do the thing if we're using the the big rig. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and you know what? Like I I've been using Audacity in the past, like basically since we started the show to record. But since we've been recording separately, I've just been using Voice Recorder on Windows, and it's been working out like just fine. So I think I might just use that to record in the future and use Audacity Audacity to edit. Mm. Um, <laughs> behind the scenes magic, guys. Uh, <laughs> Inside so, baseball. <laughs> so we haven't been around for, I guess it's been a month, right? Yeah. I mean, by the time this comes out, uh, what's new, Taylor? What's new in your world? Nothing. <laughs> cool. Like yesterday, Cheese was like, what do you want to do today? And I'm like, we can't fucking do anything. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's funny to me that, like, even though we've been doing this for, what, f- four months now? Something like that, yeah. It's like it's still that... that ingrained uh 
notion to like it's like oh it's saturday let's go do something yeah we can't do anything like yesterday so (laughs) you know the last couple summers i've had to fix our water pipe Mm -hmm. um because it's just it the soil in our yards or like basically this whole city this soil in here is just garbage the ground is sour it's sour it's sour as fuck (laughs) um sour (laughs) Um, but it's, it's, it's practically gravel with like a little bit of dirt in it. Um, and so like over time, you know, the ground, it'll settle and the rocks will start like pressing against the pipe and puncture it. Um, well that's happened the last couple summers. I'm sure I've talked about it on the show before. Um, well it happened again this summer. Oh God. <laughs> and, uh, rather than try to fix it again, because I was, pretty sure the leak was just like a few feet away from where I fixed it last time. Um, rather than try and fix it again, because basically that 10 foot section of pipe would just be like a a patchwork. Um, I, uh, just, let's just, just fix the whole fucking thing. Let's like get somebody out here to pull up the whole pipe and replace it. Like replace the entire thing with a brand new pipe that'll actually last like 50 years. Um, so that's what we did. Um, but you know, I talked about shitty soil. Uh, their plan was to run a tool that's like a, um, uh, underground boring tool, uh, to run the new pipe. And so they had to dig a couple trenches like over by the water meter halfway, like midway in our yard. And then by the, by the actual house where, where the pipe meets, um, and they were just going to run this tool underground and uh, they couldn't do it because the ro- the soil is too rocky. <laughs> and they hit something underground and they tried to navigate around it. Um, but it was whatever it was was too big. Like the guy thought it was a septic tank. I was like, our septic tank's in the backyard and it's it's original to the house. So I don't know <laughs> what the hell you're hitting. It's like you never find out what no, it was. No idea. Without digging up the yard, I have no idea. So they actually had to dig a trench in our yard, um, which I get to fix now, because now I've got hey. just this strip of dirt in my yard. They filled it, they they dug it up, and they filled it back in. So that was that was that. But now I've got a fucking strip of dirt in my yard that I have to try and reseed in the middle of summer. That'll be fun. That's fun. Anyway, um, yeah. So. Uh, the point of that story was that yesterday we uh, had to go to the bank to get a check to, to pay the plumber. And uh, that was a big adventure for us. <laughs> he doesn't have Venmo? Like, come on, dude. Uh, I, like, I, when, he, when he signed on for the job, I told, asked him what kind of payment they take. He says, well, we either take check or we do credit card. But there's like a 3.75% charge to use the credit card. I'm like, well, it's like it was like only like a hundred bucks but i'm like fuck that i'm not paying you that i'm not paying you an additional hundred bucks to cover your credit card charges yeah really is that like a square charge or no um credit card companies charge um a, a certain percentage to run or for the service basically for to run to process the credit charge they 
charge right. an additional percentage of that charge just as like a service fee. And most most companies that um, that do that will just eat the charge. They'll pay for it. But, you know, smaller places, it's like, well, that, we're going to make you pay that. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, so I've been dealing with that. But, yeah, kind of aside from that, isn't much else going on. I'm trying to occupy my time with whatever I can find, and it's just not It's not great. Pretty much just work, and then I go <laughs> sit in the living room. When this all started, I was yeah. working in the living room, and but then I'd, like, I'd clock off for the day, and then I'd still sit in the living room. So for the last couple months, I've just I've been working in here, so I can at least have that division. Yeah, I have like a little cheap ass desk that we got that I I work at that, which is in the living room. Then usually I come in the bedroom afterwards because she's still working out in the mm-hmm. living room. Yeah, Kristen, she she works. Like I don't understand the the point of this. Like she works in this building and she's like the, the building management but she has to go in a couple of days a week because somebody has to be in the office but it's like as far as I'm aware all of their tenants are all out until like the end of the year so even though there's nobody so in the building that would actually need to speak with them like face to face they have someone has to be in the building at all times so I don't yeah that seems unnecessary but she's here a couple of days a week, and she works out in the living room. Anyway. Cool. Fun times living in this Rona world. Yeah. I saw Florida broke a record. Yeah. Go Florida. New episode. Yeah, over 15,000 cases in one day. <laughs> Remember when we thought we were like the epicenter? Yeah. Uh, at least within the United States. Never in the world. That was always Wuhan. Yeah. Until until they got their shit under control, and now they're pretty much fine. Right. And, I like uh, how we've had like the big, we've had the big spikes here, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Washington had the highest number of cases that we've had yet." Western Washington, you're fine. <laughs> um. Yes. Meanwhile, those folks that, uh, on the other uh, side. What's that? I was saying that meanwhile, the folks on the other side of the mountains are all like, my freedoms. Right. Yeah, they, they're they basically like Washington's Kentucky, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard Atlanta is going back to phase one. Oh, really? <laughs> Which is ironic because that's this, like the headquarters of the CDC. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, we're in trouble, guys. <laughs> like, where everywhere else in the world is like kind of calming down and getting back to normal, we are still like in the thick of it because we cannot stop fucking ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can look at the uh, look at the charts, and it's like everybody's going down, and then all of a sudden, there's one line just use back up the other direction. I'll let you guess which line that is. <laughs> anyway <clears throat> wear a mask okay. wash your hands it's, I don't understand why that's such 
I, I, I can't wrap my mind around that. Why wearing a mask is so confounding for some people. Well, because it's, like, it's it's just taking away our freedoms, and if we if we agree to wear a mask now, the next thing you know, they'll put chips in us. <laughs> I don't know how you jump to that conclusion, but that's what the people are saying. Yeah, that I don't, I I can't wrap my mind around it. It's like, I mean, wear wear the mask. Like the scientists, like people that know about diseases, have said. Hey, wear the mask and things will get better. But it's just like, oh, we can't wear the mask because, you know, that's the government telling us to do what is telling us what to do. And yeah, that's, you know, government is bad. Anyway. Okay. So um, we're going to try and get back on track here and uh, put out a good show for you guys. Because we've Hopefully. been running our mouths for about 15 minutes. Before we get started, I want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These folks help us out by uh, giving us their hard-earned dollars every month so we can put it towards keeping this show running. Um, it's not an expensive show, but it does cost money. We have to pay for you know, hosting fees and all that fun stuff. Um, but I want to thank George, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gora B. Movie, Max, yeah, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, and Bob Voorhees. Thank you so much, guys, for all of your help. It does go a long way to keep us, uh, keep us putting out this quality, quality uh, content. Uh, usually every two weeks. Um, Taylor, if anybody else wants to help us out, where can they go? They can go to Patreon.com/slash/GravePlotPodcast. Uh, you know, this is our annual. Uh, Patreon picks episode usually right. every year after our 4th of July episode we always let the patrons pick the movies um, and you know we do that every once in a while too off schedule if we don't have anything on the schedule we're just like oh we'll just let the patrons pick so mm-hmm. if you go and you know become a grave digger over on Patreon you can every once in a while select the movies that we choose or that we review so head over to patreon.com slash podcast Join the party. If you give $100, I'll get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. It's very exciting, guys. <laughs> okay. So. Do we just do we just start? Is that how I do this? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's usually the lead in. To, <laughs> to, this is the part where you say real world horror when you mean horror business. <laughs> you know me. You know me so well. All right, starting out, uh, we're going to go take a trip over to uh, oh, the Netherlands. Okay, I wasn't sure if this was like uh, Holland or Holland, yeah. But, you know, one of them Dutch countries, the Dutch. <laughs> the Dutch. Um, so, you know, when, when you think of uh, the Netherlands, you think of like Windmill. Amsterdam, woo! <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, that. Uh, you know, 
you think of of like uh, the dikes and the windmills and wooden shoes, right? You know, the whole small world thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's more Holland, but, you know, you get my drift. One thing you probably don't think of is drug cartels. No, not particularly. But, you know, those things, they're just everywhere. <laughs> Including in the Netherlands. Um but uh, Dutch police announced on Tuesday that they arrested six men after discovering sh- some shipping containers. You know, people make, uh, like, uh, they make businesses out of shipping containers. They make homes out of shipping containers. They're, they're almost like Lego blocks. Yeah, there's um, a the Starbucks down the street is a shipping container. Exactly. I think the Starbucks did a lot of those over the last, like, decade or so. Um but, uh, you know, these guys got real creative, and they made torture chambers out of shipping containers. Oh, good. That's something you probably don't see on Pinterest. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, they, yeah, they'd make, been converted into makeshift prisons and soundproof torture chambers. Uh, officials say they discovered the seven converted sea shipping containers in a where in a warehouse in Hoosie. Wow, Wouse. 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 That's probably that's probably it. Yeah. Wouse plantage. <laughs> Which is a small village in the western, southwestern part of Netherlands, uh, near Belgium. Um, the shipping containers contained a rigged dentist chair, <laughs> like the running man or marathon man. <laughs> or is hostile. it safe? Or hostile? Sure. Um, along with tools that included pliers, scalpels, and handcuffs. You know, you think of like, well, I guess hostile didn't take place in like. Uh, in you know, Amsterdam, it was in like uh, the Eastern Bloc, right? I think so. Yeah, one of the, one of the Slavic countries. Uh, well, you know, you don't want people to travel abroad. Maybe not right now, especially because Europe doesn't like Americans right now. Nobody does. We can't leave the fucking country. <laughs> it's it's we can't even go into into Canada. That is saying something. Uh, until recently, we couldn't go to the Northeast. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like uh, um, Kristen was talking about New York being like uh, like an example of how to recover. It's just like, well, yeah, fucking Cuomo basically put that city on martial law. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just, state, I should say. The rest of the world never. is like that damn Amerovirus. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping on us. Um. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, you know, you read stuff like this and it's just like, why would I want to go to the Netherlands? Because they're basically, uh, they're doing the hostile thing over there. That's that's what they're doing. That's what's happening. I, I don't think this is the rule. I think this is the exception. <laughs> like, I don't think this is like a, an epidemic over there of just like this wave of torture chamber... Uh, Maybe, but you don't know. You don't know. You're right. 
I don't. I I would probably be the one person who would end up in this fucking dentist chair, knowing my <laughs> luck. And you'd be like, wow, never thought this would happen. <laughs> like, Tony was right. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the red light time. district and see some boobs. <laughs> uh, these things were known as the, as the treatment room and the ebby. I don't know if that's short for something or maybe a Dutch word that I'm not familiar with, uh, like most Dutch words, um, uh, which is a reference to the top security Dutch prison. Um, potential victims were warned and went into hiding that what they were warned of their existence. Like they, they, I guess they like got some kind of messages from these guys on some kind of like decrypted messaging site or something. And so that they had this list of potential victims. Ah, which, how do you, how'd you like to get that phone call? (laughs) It's like, yeah, you were on a list of people who uh, could possibly end up in a uh, torture chamber shipping container. (laughs) That happened to me. Well, I mean, not that, but (laughs) something similar happened to me in, um, in junior high. There was this kid that, like I'd known since elementary school and I thought we were like buds. Well, I mean, not like that close, but I thought we were cool. And I got called into the, the security officer's office one day and he tells me, or she tells me that this kid had made a list that looked strikingly, strikingly like a hit list and said, my name was on it. It's like, well, this seems an odd thing to tell, uh, you know, 13 year old but what do you do with that information (laughs) like how do i process this what do you want me to do now yeah how how do i go about my day so no more sleepovers is what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) um but uh later i found out that it was okay because it wasn't my name they misread it and it was actually this, this girl who had a similar like on on paper looked similar to mine if you Wrote it down sloppy, sloppily. Um, but still, it's like, don't you think a call to my parents was in order first? Right. Maybe have them explain it to me. I mean, it's not like I was like a, you know, a small child, but I was still fairly young. It's like, how do you, how do you tell me these things and expect me to know what to do with that? Yeah, that's bizarre. Uh but anyway, so, I mean, I guess just don't buy drugs in the Netherlands. Cause then yeah, watch out, you might... watch out for those Dutch. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> They'll give you the clogging <laughs> with, with their wooden shoes. Yeah, no, I got it. Okay, so we, we talked earlier, we mentioned that, you know, we've been doing these video chat episodes for three or four months now. It's and pretty much we, the way the world works now. Yeah. Uh, we personally use Google Meet, but, you know, the, the big popular one is Zoom. Everybody does has meetings at their job over Zoom, and people are doing, 
you know, interviews over Zoom and everything. So it was happy only a hours. matter of time. Ha- yeah, Zoom happy hours. We do like Zoom trivia with our family sometimes. So it was only a matter of time until someone made a horror movie over Zoom. It's topical. This, uh, yeah. It's a movie called Host. It was commissioned, written, produced, and set to be released in under three months. That's a hell of a thing. Uh, it was all shot remotely during quarantine, all filmed by the actors in their own homes. Host is a story of six friends who hire a medium to hold a seance over Zoom during lockdown, but they get far more than they bargain for as things quickly go wrong. When an evil spirit starts invading their homes, they begin to realize they might not survive the night. Have we talked about this before? Nope. Not nope. that I can remember. What separates this from Unfriended? Uh, Zoom? The trademark? I don't know. <laughs> Or, or uh, Searching, the John Cho one. Yeah. Seems very similar, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the film stars Haley Bishop from Deep State, Redina Drondova of Dawn of the Deaf, Edward Leonard from The Rebels, Gemma Moore from Doom Annihilation, Caroline Ward from Stalling It, and Emma Louise Webb from The Crown. So I've heard of none of those people. And I've only heard Emma, of one of those movies. <laughs> I've, the name Emma Louise Webb is familiar, and like I, I've watched The Crown. Oh, The Crown, somewhat. the Netflix show. Okay, yeah, I do know that too. Yeah, or, uh, is it Netflix? No, Prime. Uh, Netflix. Whatever the fuck doesn't matter. None of this matters. Emma Louise Webb. Uh, all the actors operated their own cameras, helped off, helped pull off their own practical effects, and lit their own scenes. So this this had a director. I, I didn't even put down his name because I don't know what the fuck he did. <laughs> it's like, okay, now you say your line. Now you say your line. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Um, let me see. So this will premiere on Shutter on July 30th. And Craig Engler, Shutter's general manager, said Host is a great horror film that cleverly cleverly uses the idea of a Zoom séance to fashion a story that's uniquely realistic and terrifying with jaw-dropping stunts done entirely by the actors. You know, it seems silly to like dig into the minutiae of a seance because I think that's rubbish. Um, but like, I always kind of got the impression that the point of a seance was to like, you know, have your combined energies in one room to, you know, call upon spirits. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand the concept of that working over, over video chat. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, it's it's it's, dive, it's trying to break down the, the the small details of something that is ridiculous in and of itself. But <laughs> yeah, I don't buy into the whole mediums thing that they you know if and even if if there were mediums that could communicate with the dead, I I don't think they would need the energy of randoms or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so 
I don't know. This it sounds stupid to me. This this whole thing, <laughs> every, everything about it sounds dumb. But I mean, you know, you do what you got to do to make movies. I mean, I, the 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 premise of it, like the actual story, sounds kind of dumb to me. But the the idea of filming an entire movie over Zoom, and presumably, I haven't seen it, but presumably, you know, making a finished product that at least you know shutter's interested in it, that's interesting to me what um, i wonder is how like how crisp will it be like how you know if you've got one guy with one camera and somebody else with a different camera is there going to be a visible difference in the way it's shot and and the effects yeah i'm i'm not, i can't say for sure i mean you know i think just less you know our call here like i don't know how it looks on your end but i like i have a hd web camera um and you are using your cell phone camera right yeah so to me your image like it's clear i can you know make it out very clearly but i can tell it's uh not especially like high def i does does mine look pretty pretty crisp to you on your end yeah yeah so I like I I think it's although you were just really... frozen for about three seconds, I was. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I can still hear you, so it was fine. But. Uh. So I mean, I guess it really just depends on. Um, you know, I, I think internet connection has a lot to do with it. So I wonder if well, I mean I guess it does. Does it say that it was actually filmed on Zoom? Because I could see them just, you know, just giving people HD cameras and telling them, film this like you're on a Zoom call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, the stunts. Like, if you've got one person who's much more comfortable doing stunts, you know, are they going to be doing stuff where they're, like, you know, wearing harnesses and flying around the room? And then you've got <laughs> other people just going, Wah! Yeah, like, the... The premise of it, you know, people presumably sitting at their computers, uh, it makes me wonder if, like, we're going to have a lot of people, like, going just like, what was that? What was that? <laughs> you know, and just, like, maybe see stuff, like, fly across behind them or something, and not really much else than that. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I The only way we could really find out is to actually watch it, but I, probably I don't know if, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the only reason I might is because it's on Shutter. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I've I've watched uh, not a lot. I wouldn't say a, a, a lot of movies, but I've watched a handful of movies that I probably wouldn't have otherwise because they're on Shutter. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing with Netflix and Hulu and stuff like stuff that I wouldn't watch otherwise. But it's like, oh, I already have this, so I'm not paying exactly. for it. <clears throat> so, so yeah, we'll, July thirtieth. Uh, if you're interested. There you go. So long time listeners of or actually probably not even long time listeners, but listeners of the show, um, know that we have an affinity for horror comedies. It's just easily consumable horror. I mean, it's it's like watching a horror, or a 
a comedy movie, which everybody loves. Um, but you get a little bit of horror in there. It's it's like a mixed bag. It's like uh, it's like it's when like you're the eating both like, worlds. Yeah, it's like when you're eating Gardettos, and you get that uh, that rye chip. And it's just like the best part. You're like, oh, I love these. Wait, like those hard good? brown things? The 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 they're like flat chips about that big and they're brown and they're like really hard i mean uh, gardettos in general is hard yeah but those are disgusting oh fuck you <laughs> pull your head out of your ass i mean i'm thinking more of specifically the chex mix ones i don't know if there's a difference but oh yeah i mean chex mix and gardettos they have different stuff in them I don't know. Maybe it was a bad analogy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but horror comedy, uh, it goes together like uh, peanut butter and jelly. Um, but uh, two horror comedies in particular, uh, uh, The Rise of Lizzie, uh, sorry, Behind the Mask. Um, hey, we're both wearing, we didn't plan that. I mean, they can't see it, but we didn't, we're both wearing our Leslie Vernon shirts. Didn't plan it. Didn't plan it. Nope. <laughs> uh, but behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon uh, writer Dave Steve, uh, and Tucker and Dale versus Evil uh, director Eli Craig are uniting finally. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, they've uh, come together to make a film uh, based on a spec script called "The Hills Have Eyes for You." Um, and Netflix has picked it or picked up on it. So that's something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dave, Steve is going to be writing. Uh, Eli Craig is directing. Uh, Craig said, uh, this is a unique underdog love story with genre or genre genre <laughs> genre bending scares and a lot of laughs. Uh, I think I'll be in my element for this one. Uh, producer Dan Farah called it a fresh and love, fresh and fun love story set against the backdrop of an elevated horror comedy. This definitely sounds more akin to Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. Even though, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, wasn't like it was funny because it wasn't a horror movie for anyone other than the characters. Yeah. Like it, like if you watch the movie, it's just like, oh, this is just a uh, an ongoing mistake. <laughs> but to the characters, it really seems like they're just trapped in like this slasher horror movie. And it's like both sides think the other one's the villain, right? <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Not not a whole lot to go on based on or you know around the plot but um no i mean we've talked before about how much we love behind the mask uh we did a drunken cinema on it which was a lot of fun um god remember when we were planning to do that again and then coronavirus like ruined everything (laughs) yeah um but uh and then yeah i mean Behind the Mask is great, and Tucker and Dale versus Evil um, is just like one of the more most creative horror comedies that have has come out like in the past 
20, 30 years, you know? Yeah. To, to, to entirely base a, a, a horror plot on mistaken identity um, and to, to make it so fucking funny. <clears throat> um, anyway. Have you... I mean, like... <laughs> Have have you watched? Have you seen Moana? Yeah, uh, so Kristen put it on, and I kind of watched it. You know the chicken. Yes. Did you know that's Alan Tudyk doing the voice? <laughs> I didn't, but that doesn't shock me. <laughs> like he just all he does, does is just like okay. yeah, like it's just chicken noises. So why get somebody like Alan Tudyk when you could just make those noises with a computer? <laughs> it's like, oh, Alan Tudyk of Star Wars fame? <laughs> of course, I guess he did Moana first. Wait, he was in one of the Star Wars? Yeah, he did a voice of... Uh, he was in uh, Rogue One, I think. He did the voice of the droid. Oh, see, the last Star Wars I saw was episode one. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't seen any of the new ones except uh, Rogue One, which is like not even really associated with the new ones. Uh, I showed Cheese a clip of Simon Pegg in whatever Star Wars movie he was in. And uh, I was like, can you guess who this is? And at the end of the scene, he does this scream. And she was like, I know that scream. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of which movie he was in. Uh, I want to say it was Rise of Skywalker. What, he was like doing a voice, or he's actually playing a character. He he's in the suit, but it's like a completely CGI'd face. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't know that. <clears throat> anyway, so like I said, Netflix picked this uh, picked up on this, so um, they're not really types to uh, pick up a movie and then just shelve it. So I imagine we'll see it sooner than later. Well, I don't know about sooner than later because we still have a COVID to get through. But oh, that's right. I guess it hasn't actually been filmed yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. Um, you know, with all the stuff going on in Hollywood, trying to um, figure out how to kind of go about business with with everything going on, I know that Netflix has actually been spearheading a lot of that. Um, because I mean, that not only do they have movies to film but they've got uh series to film too yeah um, so i know that they are doing what they can to try and get things back in order you know as best they can um i know that there was just a movie that was filmed it's like one of the first movies filmed entirely after the start of the pandemic like I want to say it's Netflix, but I can't remember. Anyway. But. I heard Stranger Things, Stranger Things is supposed to pick back up in September, so. We'll see. I mean, we're, they weren't actually filming that in L.A., were they? You know, I don't know. Hmm. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, you hear over the last like month or so, you keep hearing about all these productions that are starting to pick up again. I know a lot of shows like left left you hanging because they hadn't actually filmed the entire season yet, and so it's just like basically the last episode that you saw kind of had to suffice as the last episode. Yeah, 
Um, but then you have things like um, like Supernatural, which is supposed to be on its last season, and they still had like like three four episodes left. Like I don't even know if they're filmed, but they certainly haven't aired. So <laughs> I don't know what their plan is. But anyway, Netflix. Pa-pum. That's their slogan. <laughs> their slogan? Alright, so now we're going to move on to a new segment called Horror Bruceiness, because the rest of this segment is all about Bruce Campbell. You're right. It is. <laughs> Starting with Evil Dead 4 or 5 or whatever. Uh, last time we talked, way back in June, uh, we told you that the, mo- the new movie was going to be called Evil Dead Now and how it sounded like a streaming service made up exclusively <laughs> of Evil Dead movies. Which, and like, how, I think we agreed that, that no problem with that. Just Yeah. <laughs> but as, as a movie, that's a bad name. This is bad. Terrible, terrible name. Uh, Bruce Campbell did an interview, and he said that the name has changed, or at least has a new official title, which is Evil Dead Rise, which is better. Uh, it's still not great. It's not great. It's not great. It's not great, okay. Bob. I'd rather uh, have that name. Yeah. Although it just reminds me of, uh, like, th- wasn't there a, a movie or a game called Dead Rising? Oh, yeah, the, there was both. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the game that you own? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, and the two movies that we've watched on the, for the show. Yeah. Um, it just makes me think of that. Uh, Campbell yeah. also said that it's going to be a standalone film, so this is not related to either the the Ash series or the Mia movie. It's going to be something completely new. So how it falls into the Evil Dead world, we'll see. Uh, but Campbell said, we're getting a new draft in. I don't think anything will happen until 2021. Full bore ahead. We're very excited about it. A whole new ball game. No more Cabin in the Woods. Which is interesting, because that's, I mean, uh, Army of Darkness aside, that was, like, such a major part of the story for the first two. Yeah, but, I mean, you think about uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. I mean, they went back to the cabin for, like, a total of, like, two episodes, I think. True. The rest of it took place, you know, out in the real world. Yeah. Uh, This one's going to be written and directed... Go. Just to say that sounds striking to read it, but when you think about Ash vs. Evil Dead, it's not all that new. I mean, it, it for the last you know five years or so, it's basically taken place away from the cabin. True. Yeah. Uh, the next installment is going to be written and directed by Lee Cronin, who wrote and directed The Hole in the Ground that we talked about on this year's uh, St. Patrick's Day episode. Yeah, because there's basically the story was that there's this hole in the ground. 
Yeah. And, and this lady came and find, found the hole in the ground. She's like, what's this hole in the ground? And it goes on like that for about an hour and a half. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the movie. You remember. That's the elevator pitch. Um, <laughs> Campbell said, Lee's just written a couple of drafts of a very new, creepy, updated, completely modern, of this world, Evil Dead, that's not in a cabin in the woods. A very urban setting, and we're just about ready to go looking for money. Money, please. <laughs> uh, now, as far as this new setting, like I said, he said it's a very urban setting. And YouTuber, YouTuber Jimmy Champagne has revealed that a trusted source got in contact with him and said that instead of being set at a cabin in the woods... This movie is going to take place in an office building or a sky rise, as they put it. Okay. I mean, I, I don't really have, like, a strong opinion about that, I guess. But it's, it's, it's an interesting setting change. Yeah, so is it still going to be very isolated then? Very, uh, like, one location-based? I'm guessing in this one office, like one floor maybe, or I mean, I guess um, the thing about the cabin in in the woods is like, you know, it's isolated as it is like the, the, you know, it's a cabin in the woods, you know, there's nothing around. Um, There's nowhere to escape to with, you know, with a skyscraper or, you know, high rise building. It's like, you know, evil spirits can like lock you in or something but aside from that presumably you're surrounded by a city yeah so i don't know i mean i don't really know where they're going with that but it is definitely a different take on what they've done in the past i mean even considering ash versus evil dead yeah um Campbell also said this one's going to be a little more dynamic. We just want to keep the series current. And the mantra really is that our heroes and heroines are just regular people. That's what we're going to continue. So apparently that's the, that's what makes it an Evil Dead movie is just having an average Joe hero. Just <laughs> a regular guy. Sounds like J.J. Abrams fucking shoehorning shit into his Cloverfield universe. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. he, Campbell also alluded that the, there may be a female lead again in this one okay yeah I mean it doesn't really matter anyway to me but yeah I mean like we talked before about uh, you know how they should continue the series and I still maintain that I would have preferred to see uh the ghost beaters continue, but yeah. <clears throat> but Campbell says um, he's done as Ash. He's he's not going to do any more Ash. Well, that's fine. I, I mostly meant um, uh, uh, Pablo and um, help me out. I can't remember her name. Dana De Lorenzo's character. <laughs> that one. I can remember the actress, but not the character. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly. Right. Pablo and Kelly. That would have been my preferred uh, 
sequel, but you know, what can you do? Yeah, me too. Either, and then I think my second choice would have been to more of Mia, but sure. Yeah, man. It's so weird seeing Jane Levy be this like bubbly personality and literally everything else she does. Because the, the first thing I saw her in was that, and she's so fucking terrifying in that. Mm-hmm. Is she really, like, is she a ginger? I don't know. Because in that show, she's got red hair, right? Yeah. And yeah. most, most and other movies like, I've seen her in, she has red hair, too. Yeah. But she looked like such a natural brunette yeah. in Evil Dead that I... I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, uh, I feel like I remember us liking A Hole in the Ground for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Didn't we? Um, we so, liked the part with the hole in the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one in the title, the titular hole. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Lee Cronin being in, in the driver's seat gives me some hope that it's going to be, that it's going to go in the right direction. Um, I'm not sure really what to think about the high rise story. Like, I don't know where they're going to go with that. And really to, cause so much of the, the, the appeal of evil dead is th- like this isolationist horror. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to capture that in this, you know, urban setting as they yeah. put it. It just, it makes me think of mayhem. That that's exactly what I'm thinking, um, except with demons, right? <laughs> I hope that's not what they do. I hope they have something else in mind because I really like. I really prefer not to just see mayhem again, but with you know deadites instead of a virus. Yeah, you know I, when I was kind of glancing through the story. I saw something about a, a YouTuber. I'm like, ooh, that could be interesting. <laughs> a YouTuber reading from the Necronomicon in a, in a video. But then you realize it's not actually happened. part of the story. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, maybe the next one. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Anything else? Moving on. So staying in line with the Evil Dead uh, news, um, there was talk of a of an Evil Dead video game. Uh, what, what you doing, bud? Trying to. I had to plug in my phone, and the plug goes in the bottom, so now I can't just have it standing up anymore. So I'm trying to find a way to balance it, and it's not working well for me. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Uh, th- there have been several Evil Dead video games over the last, you know, couple decades. Um, Fistful of Boomstick, baby. Yeah, wasn't that the one that, like, nobody liked? Or was no, that, that the was the one, one that was good, but was really, really fucking hard. Right. And then there was the other one that had, like, the he had the little sidekick guy that he would kick around. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, they were they're talking about making another one, and we haven't really heard much about it since they basically <laughs> basically they announced that they're gonna make a game or planning to, and then we didn't really hear anything about it since. Um, but uh, Bruce Campbell gave some updates on it. Uh, he said, uh, I've been looking at it and improving a bunch of new stuff. Um, they're full bore into it. He likes that term full bore. Yeah. Um, says, uh, I think they're talk, uh, talking, uh, 2021, uh, release. Uh, it's rolling along looking great. It got delayed because of the nightmare of video games, platforms change and evolve. You look at how somebody else's game, or you look at somebody else's games and go, shit, we have to change everything now. Then we have to stay current. I can see that being a thing. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, when a game system comes out, you have about three, four, maybe five years before the next one comes out. Uh, and, you know, if you're going to make a game, you either need to commit to one or start planning ahead for the next one. <laughs> yeah. And then plus, um, you know, like if, if you're planning a game and then all of a sudden another game comes out and the story is similar to what you were planning or something, then all of a sudden you got to change everything. And... Yeah. Or it's like, you know, oh, man, I like what they did in that game. We got to we got to get us some of that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Uh, he says, uh, I have to finish doing the voice work, so that's nice. Um, you know. So he's not completely done with Ash. He's still doing voice work. I feel like I remember him saying something about that. Yeah, he did. Um, <clears throat> uh, the game is being developed for consoles, and it is not a virtual reality experience. Was that in question? I think everything, you just kind of half expect it to be a virtual reality at this point <laughs> okay um uh, yeah uh pc gamers are gonna throw a fit i'm sure because it's console Cause they, yeah and they see themselves as so superior to console gamers <clears throat> yeah I don't know. it's fucking ridiculous i don't know how much time you spend on reddit if at all but it's, it's by and large and it's like a fucking cesspool. It's just like the dregs of society all convening about, you know, to, to just bitch about everything in the world. Um, but there are like gaming subreddits where there's just this ongoing battle of superiority, like PC versus um, console. That's stupid. That sounds like Squared Circle. S- squared Circle? Yeah, the wrestling subreddit. And it's... It's basically oh. just people yelling at each other over whether a WWE or AEW is better. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't really watch either, but I can tell you that AEW is probably better. <laughs> I mean, because... I, it's it's my preferred. Sure. <clears throat> uh, but you know what? I... I'm not, I'm not, anyway. I don't I don't fault people for watching WWE. Watch, watch what you like. I don't care. I don't need to go online and yell at people for watching something that I don't like. Yeah, that's just, like you know gaming. It's like I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a gamer. I do play video games. I like video games, um, and I don't hold a grudge against anybody. Like, like I don't like Xbox. It's not really my thing. Like, I don't like their format. I don't like their controller, namely. 
That's why I don't use it, but I don't fault anybody else for using one. <laughs> Same with PC. It's like if, if you want to buy an expensive computer and constantly have to upgrade it to keep playing these new games that come out, more power to you. But you know what? We're all playing the same games. Can't we just have fun? <laughs> I mean, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about at the top of the episode. We're just like, everything has to be a battle and it has to be one versus the other. And it's like, no, just let people enjoy things. Yeah. Anyway, so Evil Dead 2021. Check it. Bruce Campbell is the finest man to grace a silver screen. All the other actors just degrade his noble scenes. The Oscars should award him for his wondrous career. Hold the town. So Bruce Campbell has been talking about this goddamn Expendables of Horror <laughs> since we started this show. I feel like. <laughs> and you know what? It's like back then I would I was like super excited about it. It's like, oh man, that could be fucking awesome. But honestly, I don't think Bruce really or Ash, I should say, really has a place in the Expendables of Horror. Because well, he's not he started out as like a horror character, but he's not really a horror character anymore. He's yeah. More just he's more of a of a of a comic relief than anything now plus death house came out and it was not good that's that's also a thing yeah <laughs> uh but he another thing he's been talking about has been a sequel to my name is bruce and now he wants to combine the two and make a sequel to my name is bruce called bruce versus frankenstein that he wants to be the expendables of horror he says with Bruce versus Frankenstein, I talked with Mike Richardson, who is my partner on this, and we're going to start with a graphic novel. So I'm going to adapt the screenplay. We're going to put that out first so people in the industry can get a better sense of it. Mike has been selling a lot of projects to Netflix, and he said that's kind of the way to go with this material and fantasy stuff. So he suggested we do that first. We'll get a great artist, sell it in the comic book form. People can totally see it, and as a director, it's kind of like doing storyboards. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he then says, it's a tremendous amount of extra prep that I can do just by going through it because I actually have to think about pages, panels, and descriptions. It's a format that's not my normal format, screenplay format. I can fart. I got that down. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, this is different from the way it looks Fucking on the Bruce. page. <laughs> this is different from the way it looks on the page, so it will be a very interesting translation process. Uh, finally he says I want to get so many horror movie stars that people can't possibly not see the movie I want to give them other stuff to do <laughs> I want to have Kane Hodder be very particular about what he eats I want Robert England to be a tough guy like he knows Taekwondo or something I want to find out the hidden <laughs> sides of all these people some will play themselves some will play alternate characters as well I may approach Kane Hodder to play Frankenstein he could be Kane Hodder himself fighting himself as Frankenstein it could be crazy Okay, I'm kind of into that. <laughs> like, I, I, I like the idea of these horror guys, rather than playing characters like they did in Death House, act, like playing themselves, like like My Name is Bruce. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, trying to live up to their legacy. Um, 
Yeah, I'm alright with that. I, I, I don't know how well it'll translate to like a graphic novel because I don't know if it'll really bite the same. Because it's like, oh yeah, it's like here's this drawing of Kane Hodder as himself. It's like, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Kane Hodder's in the book. What else? Um, and Robert England knowing Taekwondo. <laughs> Uh, I'm wondering though, but who, yeah, I mean, who are the Expendables of Horror? Like, if we think about the big names, like beyond Hotter in England, I guess Lance Henriksen, you got to throw in there. Sure. Um, Doug Bradley. Oh yeah, dude. Have you ever heard of the uh, Blackcraft Wrestling show that Doug Bradley did? The what? Blackcraft Wrestling. Never heard of it. It was a fucking disaster. <laughs> okay. Uh, he played like the the Vince McMahon character basically, but he was a priest for some reason. And like, and this is like a like a. Like an actual like wrestling broadcast or as a movie? No, it was like, it was a wrestling show, like an actual okay. wrestling yeah. show. And uh, apparently, like just the wrestling itself was terrible because they didn't like time it out well. And the main event ha- was the main event was a battle royal that lasted like two and a half minutes. <laughs> then like somebody wanted a title shot and Doug Bradley wouldn't give it to him, so he slit Bradley's throat. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's no like uh, re- you know winning a match by removing a guy's eye, but oh man, I'm so excited for that. Oh, I'm sure. According to the reports, they're going to use CGI. <laughs> uh, really taking advantage of not having a crowd, huh? I'm just wondering what they do going forward. Like, once they cross that threshold? Like, do you kayfabe have a guy not have an eye for the rest of his career? <laughs> well, they've managed to undo people dying. That's true. Vince I mean, McMahon blew up and then just still. came back the next week. Yeah, remember when um, What's-His-Face was McMahon's son, and then, then suddenly, like... It wasn't even that he wasn't. It's just like they just kind of stopped talking about it. We're not doing that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, we're not doing that thing anymore. It's like, I'm sure that like, if you take a guy out of, out of commission for a month or so and then have him come back (laughs) intact with, with both eyes, it'll be fine. Nobody will care. (laughs) They just hope that people have short term memories. Yeah. Or just be like, oh, he's got a robot eye now. That's, that's a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a glass eye. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> or it's like when Kane was like supposed to be like horrifically scarred. And when they finally took off his mask, he's like, oh, the scars are in my mind. <laughs> it's like, fuck off with that. <laughs> uh, so Tennessee recently passed an ordinance that everyone has to wear masks. And it passed seven to one. The only person to vote against it? Kane. Yeah. Who's the mayor? <laughs> yeah, of Knox County. He's the mayor of a county. I don't know how that works. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Oops. Quiet you. Just the irony of Kane voting against masks. What's that? The irony of Kane voting against masks is funny to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, he doesn't wear one anymore. It's true. Anyway, that's it for horror business. What? I said that's it for horror business. Oh, yeah, you dropped out for a second. Yes, that's that's horror business in its entirety. Not so bad for our first one back. Yeah. It's good. It's good. When you, when you got Bruce to lean on, you know. Bruce, always there for us. Dirt, 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 dirt. <laughs> He's the finest man to grace the silver screen. It's true. All right. That's enough of horror business, guys. Taylor, what do we do next? We go to our movies. Movie reviews. Reviews of movies. That's the, that's there you go. You got there. All right, everyone. So like Taylor said earlier, this is our Patreon picks uh, episode. Our lovely gravediggers picked these movies. And um, I don't know. We just picked them. Like, (laughs) we don't really have any rhyme or reason. Yeah, basically what we do is, yeah, we, we compile a list of all the movies that they suggest. And then since it's still our fucking show, we pick from that list. Right. So, um yeah, we had a list of just a lot of really random shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing that really went together in any way. Um, but, you know, there there was a Friday the 13th on the list. So, of course, Tony was like, yep. Yeah, let's do that one. Um, uh, and then we just kind of picked the other one to, uh, I guess we, did, we just made it like an 80s episode. Yeah, we're going totally 80s, dudes. Radical. Cowabunga. Tubular. Excellent. Are we Cowabunga on this? <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, we picked um, Friday the 13th uh, final chapter and the movie Dolls. Um, what was that? Dolls. The Dolls. <laughs> the Dolls. Um, yeah. Anyway, so which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Uh, let's start with duels. It looked like a safe haven from the raging storm. It's an odd kind of place. Uh, who'd your folks get it from, Boris Karloff? Their hosts seemed like the essence of hospitality. You can stay here as long as you like. Wonderful. But appearances can be very deceiving. What's the matter? Afraid of the dog? Mom, yeah. are you scared? Well, of course not. What's there to be afraid of? This house. Oh, don't be. Son, you like toys. I'm a doll maker. 
I make the most wonderful toys. Dolls, puppets, soldiers, ballerinas. Nobody wants a doll that's special anymore, that's one of a kind. The weather brings out creativity. It helps me in my work. What kind of work is that? Witchcraft? Okay, so both these movies are from the 80s, so if you don't know the rules of the show, we're, we're going to spoil these. We're going to spoil uh, a dick out of them. Spoil them so hard. Spoiled dick. <laughs> Just looking over the uh, you know the little info box on Wikipedia, I'm noticing some interesting things here. First off, the music is by Fuzzby Morse, which is a great name. <laughs> uh, and this apparently premiered at the Seattle Film Festival. Really? Maybe that's why so many people here like it. Also, it had a budget of $2 million. That's not so bad. And it made $3.5 million at the box office. So they really cleaned up. <laughs> um, so we, we have this family, uh, David and his, his wife, Rosemary, and David's daughter, Judy, who is... Not Rosemary's daughter. Rosemary is the, the evil stepmother. And she just looks the part. Like, she looks like an evil stepmother. She looks like Cruella DeVille. <laughs> and she's very, like, uh, I'll just say it. She's a bitch. She's a colossal um, bitch. She, and she, you know, she's very well-to-do, and she likes to remind David that, you know, she has all the money. She's the breadwinner. And she also likes to remind Judy that I'm not your mom, so I can hit you. <laughs> like I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> um, so that's the kind of person we're dealing with here. <laughs> but they're driving along, they're driving along. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden the storm hits and it starts raining really hard. And they get stuck in the mud. And so David's like, well, there's, there's this old house over there we'll go there and we'll see if anybody can help us so they get out and uh rosemary just for whatever reason gets mad at judy and takes her teddy bear and throws it in the woods and there's this really a bitch yeah like for no reason she's just like i hate this teddy bear (laughs) and then there's this really weird 
like sequence where the teddy bear turns into a real bear <laughs> and comes out of the woods and kills Rosemary. <laughs> but then you realize it's just Judy's overactive imagination. Which does not come into play for the rest of the movie. <laughs> no. Like, other than, like, trying to convince you, or, like, <clears throat> people saying it's like, oh, that's just her overactive imagination. Like, reminding you that she has an overactive imagination, and that's how people are, like, like trying to convince Dismissing themselves. Dismissing her, that, yeah. Yeah. But you never get any more scenes that turn out to be her imagining things. No. But I guess it was just like a way to make you question everything you were seeing. But but I like it didn't work. Like at no point did I question what I was seeing. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. But so they go to this old house. They knock on the door. Nobody answers. So they break into the basement. And there's this old couple, uh, Gabriel so and Hillary. Yeah. They're like, oh, no one answered the door, so clearly we could just break in. Yeah. Uh, there's this old, old man and woman named Gabriel and Hillary, and they're they're super nice about the whole thing. They're like, hey, we know you broke into our home, but why don't you stay for some gross-looking soup? <laughs> yeah, even though they came at them with like a fucking shotgun. Yeah. But He's I mean, like, while we welcome guests, we usually prefer to use the front door. Right. While he's, while he's got a fucking shotgun in his hand. Yeah, they don't even question, like, what are you doing here? They're just like, oh, visitors. <laughs> oh, delightful. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, give them a nice warm meal of gross pea soup or whatever it is. And uh, Gabriel, who says he talks about how he's a doll maker. He says, you know, I don't really do very well anymore because everybody just wants mass-produced dolls and nobody cares about things being one of a kind and craftsmanship and all this. Um, but he, he gives Judy a Mr. Punch doll, which I think most people are familiar with Punch and Judy. Yeah, because her name is Judy. Because her name is Judy, so it, it, it works. It's like a Punch and Judy. But he doesn't he doesn't do the, like, the, the rock'em sock'em thing. I don't think he does that. I think that's just a toy. <laughs> I thought that's what the Mr. Punch dolls did. That's why they were called Mr. Punch. This one well, doesn't, but... Anyway. I think Judy was usually the one that hit Punch. I think, didn't Judy have a stick? Usually, yeah. she hit Punch with a stick? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then all of a sudden, the door bursts open and... In flies these two punk girls who we actually saw at the very beginning when uh, Rosemary tried to run him over with their car. Um, Isabel and Enid. One of them is dressed. It wouldn't like, be an '80s movie without some punks, right? One of them is dressed like Madonna from the uh, "Like a Virgin" tour. You know, she's got the yeah. the corset and the big lace bow, yeah. big hair. That's the girl from uh, like little little bit of trivia here for you. That's the girl from the Aha video. Uh, Take on me. Oh no shit! Yeah. Uh, and the so other they, one looks like just... trash from uh, Yeah Return of the Living Dead, minus the pink hair. Right. Yes, yeah, so they just burst in with this guy Ralph. Ralph, what about Ralph? 
And he's just like, oh, you know, I, I picked them up. And they're like, yeah, because you want to fuck. You want to have a threesome. And he's like, what? No, you do. Shut up. <laughs> no. <Nuh-uh. laughs> um, but, you know, even though they just barged into their home again, Gabriel and Hillary are just like, oh, well, come on in. We'll get you some gross soup and we'll find you a place to sleep. <laughs> and don't worry, everybody gets their own room and all this. How about, so, nobody questions how gross that soup looks. They're just like, hmm, thank you. Hmm, yeah. It's like, this oh, is totally meat. normal looking soup. Oh, It definitely green doesn't chunks? look like something Delicious. pulled out of the septic tank. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the two girls get their own room. Ralph gets his own room. Uh, David and uh, Rosemary get their own room. And then Judy gets her own room. Come to find out that the two punk girls, they, the whole time they were just trying to steal Ralph's wallet. Which, Play Ralph doesn't game. look like he's uh, very well-to-do. Although at the end of the movie, he's got a pretty badass car. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, and but so they talk to Hillary and, you know, she basically tells them, in a roundabout way that everything in the house is very old and it's, it's very anti-cue. Anti-cue. <laughs> Isabel calls it anti-cue. She's like, Oh, antique. <laughs> but so they're like, all right, well, we'll just rob this whole place and then we'll leave in the middle of the night and everything will be fine. Uh, so Isabel goes out to try and collect whatever booty she can find. And she ends up getting attacked by something that you never quite see. Uh, it, it keeps happening off camera, but it's it's clearly they're very tiny from the way that the camera angles and stuff. And they like knock her to the ground and grab her and then just ram her face into the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what Tony? Why in horror movies when there's something tiny, do they always make the same noise? It's like, yeah, yeah, always like Goonies or not Goonies, uh, Ghoulies, Gremlins. They all make the same noise. Well, I don't know if you've dealt with a lot of small creatures, but they do make that noise. Just so you know. (laughs) And I'm supposed to be scared of this. (laughs) That's the interesting thing about these movies where, you know, like. This, um, Puppet Master, Gremlins. Well, <laughs> Gremlins is a different case, but but it's just like these tiny little things that you're supposed to be terrified of. It's like, uh, I mean, no? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But so Judy, she's walking down the hall. She's trying to get a glass of water, and she sees Isabel just bleeding profusely. And... Uh, you know, she like, reaches out to help her, and all of a sudden, Isabel gets dragged off into another room. And so, uh, Judy goes straight to Ralph's room for some reason instead of going to her parents or to her dad. I guess because her dad is a dick. <laughs> and we already discussed Rosemary. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, what's his face? Um, Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel, thank you. Uh, Gabriel seemed to kind of treat uh ralph and judy differently than everyone else because they have 
I mean, you know, Judy has her childlike whimsy and uh, Ralph kind of had that a little bit too, you know, a, a child at heart type thing. So it seemed like yeah. he was kind of treating them differently than everyone else. And I, I don't know, I guess maybe Judy picked up on that. It's just kind of a kindred spirit type thing. I guess so, yeah, because when he's giving him the tour... Ralph, like, you know, picks up the dolls and the toys and he's like, oh, I used to play with these when I was a kid, but obviously I don't anymore because I'm a grown-up. Right. But then he's still just, like, playing with them and he's got, like, the little cowboy doll and he's like, pew, pew, pew! Because <laughs> that's that's the noise guns make. Naturally. But so Judy sees, uh, or goes, sees Isabel get dragged away, goes into Ralph's room, wakes him up, and Ralph is just like, oh, it's just your over-imaginative, or over, uh, over-active imagination that I know about for some reason. <laughs> but then he's like what's that on your slippers and she's like oh yeah that's blood because you know I just the stuff I just told you that <laughs> BT dubs and he's like oh like you you're like serious like this is like real and she's like well yeah oh, hold on a second hey, no, go, go out out Uh, so, you know, Ralph goes to check it out and, uh, you know, tries to wake up the others and tell them that, hey, something's going on here. Something killed uh, Isabel. And Enid freaks out, thinks that Ralph killed her. David freaks out, thinks that Ralph is a nonce trying to, you know, touch Judy. A pedo. Yeah. And so everyone's just ganging up on poor Ralph, who's just trying to be the good guy doesn't pay to be the good guy no nice guys finish last yeah like that green day song yeah the the (laughs) one from varsity blues right um uh let's see so judy you know david is like that's it you're staying in our room and judy's like the hell i am (laughs) and uh so you know they they go off and ralph goes to Gabriel says hey there's blood in the hallway I don't know what what's going on and Gabriel's just like oh no that's paint I just spilled some paint (laughs) I have never in my life seen well I I have not seen paint that just exists that looks like blood unless it is paint that is supposed to look like blood (laughs) And it doesn't seem like that would be something that a doll maker would just have on hand. That's just me. Unless he's making some kind of like weird horror dolls or something. Right. But that doesn't appear to be the case here. Mm-mm. But so Ralph's like, oh yeah, that's that's cool, whatever. And so he goes to the kitchen and he finds Judy there. And she's trying to tell him, hey, you know, I'm, I'm telling you something weird is going on. It's going to be the longest night ever. She keeps saying that for some reason. Because, like, Gabriel said it, but really, like, offhand, like, you could easily forget it. Well, yeah, he was basically just saying, like, oh, you know, these nights where there's a storm feel like the longest night ever. Right. And then Judy just runs with it. And, like, it was probably the tagline of the movie or something, because they just say it constantly. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so she's trying to convince Ralph, and Ralph's like, no, no, you're an idiot. 
But then all of a sudden, Mr. Punch is like, look in your heart, you know it to be true. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ralph's like, whoa! (laughs) 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 Couldn't forget to get a Mulaney reference in there. <laughs> uh, later, Rosemary gets ambushed. Um, you, you figure out they they keep saying the little people, and you're like, yeah. "Yeah, I think that's the preferred nomenclature, but that's uh, that's not what these are." I mean, they're little, yeah, but they're but, not really people. You know, spoiler alert: you come to find out they're dolls come to life. Yeah, and, like, I was really confused, like, because, like, they start, like, uh, or Enid, like, starts hitting them with her belt and, like, cracking their faces open. And it's, like, underneath their porcelain faces, they have, like, little, like, gremlin things. Yeah, I was, because, but there was other ones that, like, she cracked open the face and it was, like, a skull underneath. Yeah. And so I didn't know really know what was going on. It's, like, are these things wearing doll faces or are they actual dolls yeah i was i was in the same boat i was trying to figure out if it was like little monsters or aliens or something but then there was the one that was just like a bloody skull underneath right so i don't know but rosemary uh she gets attacked by a big swarm of dolls and they're you know they're dolls so they're only about yay high and they have tiny little weapons and so they're it's it's just like death by a million pinholes you know it's mm-hmm. it's not like they're like slaughtering people they're just like poking them and putting holes in them and it's just like ow quit it you know <laughs> but there's enough of them that it just kind of overwhelms you but so rosemary not wanting to be killed by dolls decides she's going to jump out the window and kill herself totally practical yeah um. Yeah, and then like Tony said, Enid gets attacked, and she she takes off her belt, and she just starts. She's got this big belt buckle that says "boy toy," and she just starts beating off the dolls with it, and just she's whacking be- them off. She's she's beating them off left and right. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, after she kills a whole bunch of them, she goes around the corner, and there's just this row of little toy soldiers, and they just cap her. <laughs> yep. He just pump her full of lead. Um, and then David comes back to his room. He's wearing this, these sweet Dave Matthews band PJs. <laughs> I assume they're his initials, but they say DMB. So right. my mind immediately went to Dave Matthews band. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, Rosemary's dead body is like covered up by the sheets. And he's like, hey, baby, you uh, trying to fuck? And, uh, you know, she doesn't respond. And then all of a sudden he's like, and he sniffs her and he's like, Ugh. he's like, I'm gonna go take a shower. <laughs> and then he comes back and he's still trying to fuck. And finally he pulls back the sheet and her like dead body falls on top of him. And he's like, I know who did this. Ralph. Of course. So he smashes a chair and goes to find Ralph. Because now he's convinced that Ralph is both a pedophile and a murderer. 
again, how he came to these conclusions, just a pretty no pretty idea. long jump. Yeah. Um, but so Ralph and Judy, they get caught in a room with a bunch of the dolls, and Ralph starts to fight his way out, and the dolls start fighting back, and Judy is like, wait, stop. And then the dolls have a little powwow, and uh, they, they decide to just let him go. Sure. But so they exit the room, and there's David with his chair leg, and he's ready to just fuck Ralph up. Just beat him off. <laughs> yep. Uh, they have a little scuffle. Toys fall everywhere. Um, hush. Uh, yeah, David gets knocked out. Ralph knocks him out. And Gabriel and Hillary come down the stairs. And they're like, you know, what in the world is going on here? And David's like, I know what you are and I know what you've done. You guys are witches and you made all these dolls. David just knows stuff. <laughs> well, no, he like... He- he calls her a witch. Yeah. And then like And they're and like, you like, figured it out. And he guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is not Puppet Master. <laughs> the blessing. <laughs> um uh, oh, David actually he got knocked out by Mr. Punch. That's what it was. But then um er, no, he didn't get knocked out by Mr. Punch. We got in a fight with Mr. Punch, and then he smashed Mr. Punch with a sledgehammer. In and the face. In the face. Um, uh, Gabriel is just like, don't worry. Everything can be fixed. And he's like, oh, yeah, how are you going to fix this? And so then Gabriel just turns David into a new Mr. Punch. Complete with yep. Dave Matthews Band pajamas. It's a nice doll uh, with silk pajamas. Yeah. Then we, you know, hard cut to the next morning. Ralph and Judy just wake up. And Gabriel and Hillary are like, it was all a dream. <laughs> and they're like, oh, by the way, your dad left. And he just left you here with us. But he left a note saying that you're going to go live with your mom. And uh, Ralph's going to take you. <laughs> We want you to th- want this complete stranger to take you halfway across the country. Yeah, to Baston. Um, yeah, and so then they just kind of they get in Ralph's jalopy and they head off down the road. And uh, Judy is like, "Hey, you should marry my mom." <laughs> I mean, She's like, yeah, "Hey, do, do you want to be my new daddy?" <laughs> And then as the credits start rolling, we see another family get stuck in the mud. That damn mud. So here's the thing about that. When the uh, the Bowerses, which is apparently their name, um, they got stuck in the mud. They were just like driving along, going to their destination, wherever it was. But at the end, when you see this other family get stuck in the mud, you can see that this road only goes up to this house. I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was basically their driveway. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. How did they get stuck in the first place? 
I, I detect shenanigans. <laughs> um, also, I guess before that, the camera pans over and you see both the Bowerses and the, the punk girls as dolls sitting up on the mantle. Yep. And that's dolls. That is dolls. <clears throat> so this is a Charles Band movie, which totally tracks. Yeah. They put it out through Empire, which was the predecessor of Full Moon. <clears throat> also directed by did, uh, uh, directed by the late Stuart Gordon. Yeah, R.I.P. Just uh, just left us here a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was produced by Charles Band and Brian Yuzna, who's another name you'd recognize from. Stuart Gordon and Brian Yuzna were uh, a, a, quite the pair, um, working on like uh, the Reanimator movies. <clears throat> um but yeah this totally fits with that with the with the idea that it was basically a full moon movie that that totally tracks. Oh yeah. And it's it's very similar to Puppet Master. Yeah. Um uh yeah like I feel like there's like this I don't know if I'd call it a cult following, but there's there's like a lot of people like this movie, and I'm not sure why. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. No, it's not. But it's not that good. Yeah. What's weird fine. about it is it's... is it has all the hallmarks of being like a kids horror movie. Yeah. But it has gore and it has f words. It's got a nipple. There was a nipple? Yeah, when Isabel's getting dragged off, you, one of her nipples falls out. I totally missed that. I usually pick up on nipples. Yeah. I'm a nipple guy. You're the nipple king. <laughs> that's, that's what they call me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but no, I mean, the movie's fine. Like, as, as far as, like, Low budget films go. I was actually really impressed at the um, the, the stop motion quality. The stop motion the is stop really motion. good. Yeah, stop motion and even the uh, the the practical effects are actually surprisingly good, especially considering what a low but relatively low budget it was. I mean, two million to get all that pumped into into a into a movie. It's uh, pretty impressive, but I mean, again, you know, working with Charles Band. That's he's he's the king of low budget, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean this. I mean, it, it didn't occur to me at the t- at watching it, but you're saying it. It seems like a very very uh, geared very much towards children. It, that that's very true. Um, but, but at the same time, not because, like I said, it does have you know blood and it's it's not incredibly gory, but you do see you know people getting stabbed and stuff. Um, and then right. you know, there there are a couple f words in it. And... Yeah, no, I mean like the content for sure is very adult, but the the theme and the story itself reads as a, as a child as a children's movie or you know young adult. And it, you know it wraps up with a relatively happy ending. Right. Um, 
Apparently there's supposed to be a sequel for this. Why did I think there was? Mm. Uh, I guess Stuart Gordon was at one point very interested in directing a sequel to the film. The initial storyline would have followed Judy and Ralph back to Boston, in which Ralph would have indeed married Judy's mother. Because <laughs> that totally works. It's like the child introduces a stranger to, a, to their single parent and then sparks fly. Um, and they would all become a family until one day Judy would receive a box sent from England, which would contain the toy makers Gabriel and Hillary as dolls. The sequel never happened. Hmm. And and then what? Hmm? And then what? Hilarity ensues. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's all they had. That's why the movie didn't happen. Um. Yeah, I I don't. Like I said, there's like this, like fairly large amount of people that really like this movie, and I'm not totally sure why. It's not something I want to... I'm not going to bash it, because like I said, the production value is pretty good considering its budget, and you know, the acting's not bad. Um, I did not care for the little girl. She's a little obnoxious, but most child actors are. (laughs) Her facial expressions were just so cartoonish. Yeah. Um, Which again, like that, yeah, that, that, I, that again it, felt like a kids' movie because a lot of times in kids' movies, the characters are very over the top and very, you know, larger than life. And both the little girl and David and Rosemary were very like big characters, you know. Yeah, and even Ralph uh, was um, kind of aloof and comedic. Yeah, um, it, it read very much as a character in a, in a children's movie. Or like a family movie. Um, I I think if they would have, if they were to remake this, they could easily retool it as a children's movie. Oh I yeah. I think people that like this movie would lose their fucking minds if they did. But <laughs> there was another um, movie called Dolls that came out in like two thousand nine, I think. But I don't think it's yeah. it's related at all. I don't think so. I mean, it might it might have a similar plot because. If you call a movie dolls. There's only so many ways you can go. I think. <laughs> right. And I mean, the um, cover looked very similar too. But what's funny about this cover is this doll doesn't even appear in the movie. It's like this brunette doll with like a skeletal face, holding her eyes at the side of her head, and that actually happens because uh, um, Isabel. Isabel. She gets turned into like this human doll hybrid thing and her eyes fall out of her head and she picks them up and holds them next to her face like the cover of the movie. But that doll is not in the movie. Or like the end of of the next WWE pay-per-view where the person will be holding their eyes up because their eyes will be pulled from their head, you know, eye for an eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. it. (laughs) So dumb. But I'll say it's 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 dumb to the point where I'm like I, I kind of gotta watch that right. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's like watching a fucking train wreck. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, Isabel. It's like is, it's so on brand for Vince at this point too. Oh yeah. Um, Isabel is the only one that is like this human doll hybrid. Like you you see David turn into a doll, but they you know shrink him down and he turns into a doll. But Isabel yeah. is, is like you said, she's like a human, but she's got like the doll eyes that don't go into her face for some reason, and then her skin is all like porcelainized mm-hmm. or plastic or whatever it is. So she's, I guess she's like in the middle of being turned into a doll or something. I guess. Maybe it just, maybe Gabriel has different methods for depending what kind of doll he wants to make. <laughs> I guess. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add about this? Um, I mean, I'm seeing it this stuff about, uh, Horrornews.net called the doll making couple one of the 13 best horror movie couples. Uh, said that Gabriel was the creepiest, to- creepiest toy maker of them all. I don't know about that. What? Um, I mean, even though it is very similar to Puppet Master, it doesn't feel like a ripoff of Puppet Master. No. It still um, feels like its own thing. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, Charles Band, his his brand, whether it be Empire or Full Moon, it's got like this thing with little creatures. I mean, got um, the minions in um, the hole in uh, sorry, not, the gate, um, not minions. Um, no, fuck. Oh, the sub the subspecies, the little creatures in subspecies, the movie, um, and then you know, Puppet Master killer dolls dolls just this obsession with small things yeah so um yeah i don't know i don't know like but if i'm putting this up against like puppet master which i'm I'm not a big puppet master fan it's fine but if i'm putting this up against puppet master i'm gonna be more prone to watch a puppet master than this i think yeah i would agree um this is like i i i think if if you were to take puppet master and this and remake both which they kind of remade puppet master sort of um like puppet master would have to be this adult themed horror movie this could easily be retooled into like a, a children's or a family, you know, horror adjacent movie. Right, like a Goosebumps or something. Exactly. Yeah, I think it would also almost fare better using that theme. I agree. Like I said, it, it feels like a kids' movie, except and it, which makes all the parts where you know, like where there is something bloody that happens or when someone drops an F-bomb, it makes them stand out more because it you're like, oh yeah, this isn't a kid's movie. This isn't, right. th- this is trying to be a legitimate horror movie. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. You ready for ratings? Uh, I think so. Um, you know, you know, like we said, we're not trying to bash it and it's, it's, we're not trying to say that it's a bad movie by any means. Cause it is, uh, you know the the story is good, it and it's uh, moves along well. It's not a, a slow moving movie by any means. 
uh the the effects for a, a two million dollar movie from the 80s the effects are pretty good um i was quite impressed with the stop motion i expected it to be much yeah. worse um i'm gonna give it a six um Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a. I was gonna give it a five, but I, I think I'll give it a six because yeah, this, the the stop motion and the practical effects were actually pretty well done considering the low budget. So I'll give a give it an extra point for that. So six is all around. All right, next up. We've got the 1983, fuck, four, 1984 classic, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. chapter. Jason is back. He moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry you change your mind? He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the car scroll? He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly, Kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Friday, April 13th, is Jason's unlucky day. Alright, so Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Um which you could also call Friday the 13th Part 4, uh, was, of course, the fourth movie in the franchise. It's supposed to be the last one, but see how well that stuck. I mean, technically, Part 3 was supposed to be the last one. That's what I was reading earlier, that they wanted it to well, be a, I think, a trilogy. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. like The first one was supposed to be a standalone, but they're like, hey, we're making a lot of money with this. Let's make another one. So they made a second movie. And they're like, hey, this made so much money. Let's make another one. That'll be, that'll be the last one. But then it made you know, a decent amount of money, and there was still interest in another one. So they made this one, which was supposed to be like the final film. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, people just weren't super interested in um, slasher movies anymore. Yeah. Um. Which is weird because it seemed like they're still fairly fairly popular. I mean, 
we were children at the time, or, you know, infants at the time, but... I mean, 80s was like the big boon for horror movies, so you would think that... I don't know. It kind of seemed like... I mean, reading about it and just kind of following the story of this, it seemed like Paramount pretty much just wanted to get out of the slasher movie Uh, Yes, I think that's more accurate. Um... Yeah, this one's got quite a bit of a history behind it, um, but I'll get into that after we talk about the movie itself. <clears throat> so this picks up actually the same night as the ending of part three. Um, we're at Higgins Haven, which is the cabin that uh, part three took place at on Crystal Lake. We actually get um, scenes cry- from part three to kind of recap. Yeah, we get... Same thing we did in part three. We get this recap of Paul's speech about Jason from part two as like kind of this uh, narration of the super cut of Jason and Pamela's kills over the last three movies. I mean, it's generally generally supposed to kind of operate as this, you know, (coughs) kind of show show what's happened in the series thus far, because this is going to be the conclusion um, you know, just kind of show you how we got here. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so the scene at Higgins Haven is still, it's, it's an active crime scene. You know, we've got police and helicopters in the sky and, you know, ambulances coming in and out, um, taking all the victims to the morgue. And, um, we have Jason who's dead in the barn, um, and we have a, an, a medic team come and pick him up and take him to the uh, the morgue. Uh, once he gets there, we've got these two. We got them the um, medical examiner or mortician is not the right term, I guess. Coroner. Um, no, he's coroner. not a coroner. That'd be a is he a coroner? Uh, you know, of sorts, I guess. Um. Let's see. Uh, yeah, coroner. There you go. Uh, who's played by? Uh, if you're familiar with the police academy movies, Fackler, the the accident prone uh, goober with the glasses. I just I recognize him from like every sitcom. Like he's done a cameo on every sitcom. I swear to God. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen him in a sitcom before. I know he was on an episode of The League. Um, God, I can remember. I can picture him in other stuff, but I can't think of any specifics. Hmm. Well, not important. Um, so, yeah, Jason, he's he's on the slab. He's presumed dead. Uh, and uh, we've got this coroner who's just trying to fuck. Like, he's trying to fuck this nurse. Um and uh, like he he he, he kind of has this like mentality, like I think a lot of probably long time coroners have, where it's just like okay, once you see a dead body, you've seen them all, you know. Um, so he's he kind of takes this with with a bit of lightheartedness, and the nurse is like not really wanting to put up with this bullshit, but still is somehow. Succum- or somehow succumbs to his charm. 
Um, anyway, so they're about to fuck, and Jason's hand falls off of the table onto her uh, leg, and she freaks out, and so he's sitting in the room, or the coroner sitting in the room by himself, and that's when Jason comes up off the table and slashes his throat with a hacksaw and then twists his head around. And then he goes into the storeroom and uh, kills the nurse. And that's when he leaves the hospital and starts making his way back to Crystal Lake. And, you know, it's interesting that the fact that he's never been away from Crystal Lake in his life, that he somehow knows how to get back there. It's like a beacon, you know? <laughs> sure. It calls to him. Yeah. Um uh anyway okay so yeah so jason starts making his way back to the camp um meanwhile we um see this uh station wagon filled with teenagers there's what six of them um two three and four, uh five six yep yeah there are only two faces in the group that i recognized one was the girl that played Ginny in weird science um, let's see what was her name? I forget. Uh, it's either Sam or Sarah. Sam, Judy Aronson. <clears throat> uh, her and then uh, a young Crispin Glover, <laughs> a young pre Back to the Future Crispin Glover. Um, and, and almost blonde Crispin Glover. Almost. Very light His hair. His hair is very light. And he's um, a dead fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this scene, like, makes me hate Teddy so much. Like, he's a piece of shit. He's, like, he's the most deplorable character in the entire movie, I think. Like, even more than Jason. <laughs> um. Because they're sitting in the back of the station wagon and, you know, Crispin is grieving over his uh, recent breakup um, with BJ Betty, um, who you have to presume got her nickname for a reason. Um, And, uh, yeah, Teddy's trying to give him all this love advice and, like, basically telling him that he's a shitty lay and that's why BJ Betty broke up with him. Yeah, by calling him a dead fuck. Yeah. Um And then like, I mean, jump ahead of the movie, Ted is like the only one who's not getting laid. So it's like, <laughs> fuck you, Teddy. Yeah. Piece of shit. Um anyway, so they're in this uh station wagon, they're heading up to a cabin that they've rented. They're driving along, Lake. they're driving along. They're driving along. And you know what's funny is like the lack of continuity in these movies because they stop on the side of the road to try and get their bearings because they're lost. And uh, off to the side of the road is Pamela Voorhees' headstone. Um, and But then if you jump ahead to part six, like Pamela and Jason are both buried in a graveyard. It's like, so did they, like, why would you bury somebody right next to a road for starters? Right. For starters. And then it's like, did they, like, uh, what's the word? Um, 
exhume her body and then rebury it in this cemetery? Or did they only move the headstones? They only moved the headstones. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they uh, they're heading up to this cabin in the woods next to uh, the family Jarvis. Uh, we've got we've got the Jarvises or the, or the Jarvi. The Jarvi. <laughs> we've got uh, um, Trish. Uh, Tracy, sorry, Tracy the mom, uh, Trish the daughter, and Tommy the son, uh, played by a very, very young, I think pre-Goonies, Corey Feldman. Um, and, you know, people that know the know the Friday the 13th series know who Tommy Jarvis is, and this is the first time we're seeing him on screen. Um, and, uh, Anyway, uh, they, they they live up there, um, and yeah, I guess Tracy's. I don't know the, the 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 backstory of their family is not really there. It's they're just they just kind of live there. It's just established, no real backstory. Um, but these kids have rented the cabin next to theirs, um, and so they're a bunch of party animals. They're wild and crazy guys, um, and. Uh, you know, Tracy's very concerned because she has a young son, a young boy in the home. A young boy. And you've got all these these kids come up there with all kinds of beer, and um, hey, we got all kinds of beer in here. It's like how many movie quotes can I fit into this explanation? <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, yeah, they roll out of the station wagon. You can just tell that they're there to party you know oh yeah so nat- naturally trish is just like mm. um or sorry tracy um but uh anyway so they have several interactions with these kids throughout you know, you know up until shit starts to go down um including a skinny dipping scene where all these kids are out on a they're out on a hike um and they run into these twins um, who are uh, Tina and Terry? That's right. Um, I knew they had the the two T's, but Tommy and Tammy. Tina. Um, I didn't know what true love was until I met Tommy, and now I know what true love is. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, it's Mike Perviglia. Wedding stories. I don't remember was, this. Then there was baby stories. I didn't know what it was like <laughs> to be a baby. If then I was a baby, and now I'm a baby. Admittedly, I didn't watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, okay, but we have to talk about the skinny dipping scene, because I couldn't wait, and I had to text you about it. <laughs> because yeah, I was getting there. There's this rope. Yeah, so swing. they meet up with these twins, Tina and Terry, and um, they go to the lake to go swimming. <clears throat> Tina and Terry are the only ones that have come equipped with uh, swim gear, so they all decide that they're going to go skinny dipping. And there's this rope swing that just you know seems like a good idea at the time. It is not but high enough. <laughs> no. 
because you just drop ass in that lake like practically the second you leave the ground. Yeah, this one guy wearing nothing but a hat goes off the rope swing and just drags his balls and asshole across the top of the water. And it's just like a smack, too. It's like he just hits that water. It's like, pop! Oh, it made me so uncomfortable um... to watch. (laughs) Um, It's a real kick in the knackers, bro. And then just, like I said, just dragged across the top of the water. (laughs) Um... Then, uh, then, yeah, so uh, Tina and Terry, they start stripping down in the water. And I'm pretty sure you see their buttholes. Because <laughs> they, they do, like, these somersaults in the water. Yeah. Like, as they're pulling their bottoms off. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you see their buttholes. <laughs> pretty sure you can Just see their kidneys. <laughs> um. And then Trish and Tommy come up, and, you know, of course, Tommy is about a, what, 10-year-old boy. And <laughs> seeing all these, uh, you know, young 20-somethings just swimming naked, that's that's a bit much. Uh, anyway, so later that night, um, the kids are having a party at their cabin. And things start to, you know, get off the chain. Um <laughs> Yeah, then we can see the de- famous dead fuck dance. Uh, which, like, I don't know if you could actually replicate that accurately. It's so frantic and, and like, unhinged. Like, I, I don't know what, what he was doing. <laughs> like, is it supposed to look awkward? I don't know, because that's not that's not a dance. That's not something that people do. No. He looks like he's having some kind of seizure. It's, it's like a full body dry heave set to music. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so should somebody tell her? Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, okay, so yeah, they're, they're having a party and, you know, everybody's getting slowly drunk and... Ted drinks <clears throat> all the wine. Um, hmm? Ted drinks all the wine. Yeah, he just gets so hammered and so fucking high. He's he's like, he's that guy at the party. Yeah. Um, and he just starts pick, trying to pick up on... Uh, Everyone? Both twins. <laughs> well, he's trying to hit on both twins and neither of them are really having it. And they end up hooking up with the other guy or two other guys or sorry no uh one hooks up with crispin glover the dead fuck um and the other one who was trying to hook up with uh paul uh like and got rejected by paul like she wasn't about to like suddenly be interested in uh teddy so teddy is just left with with a dry dick (laughs) and this weird vintage porn that he found yeah he like he, he gets so fucking high and like i i don't know about you but like it's so awkward watching him sit in that living room like while everybody's just like slowly peeling off to go fuck in other rooms and he's just sitting there by himself holding a teddy bear yeah uh, i was like laughing is, his ass off i was like is he gonna put his dick in that teddy bear <laughs> 
He's going to fuck that bear. <laughs> He's going to fuck that teddy bear. <laughs> well, it's like, it's and it's like, that's his, like, uh, his pickup toy. Like he's he's trying to use that to pick up on women because his name like, cause is his Ted. Name is, his name is Ted. You got it. You got it. So he's like, give Teddy Bear a kiss, and then he forces himself on. Uh, was it Tina or it was Tina or Terry? I can't remember which one. Which uh, you know, in today's society, not that it was okay then, but today that would just not be tolerated. No, no. By like anyone at the party, everyone would be like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Go jerk off in the bushes, Ted. <laughs> Fucking Ted, you're not invited to our party anymore. Get your shit together. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh. Uh. Also, we have a character named Rob. Reb. Who? Uh, Reb. <laughs> who? I just heard the Miyama beans. <laughs> there it is again. Um. What is it? Uh, s- Huh? What is it? It's the the pivot point in my chair. Every time I turn okay, it. Okay, it, it is your chair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, earlier I wasn't hearing it, like so. I don't know if you were hearing something else or, or what, but I just I definitely heard it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we got a character named Rob who I completely left out until now. Ran into Trish and Tommy while they were trying to get their car started on the side of the road. He's just, uh. You know, an outdoor enthusiast, as far as we know. He was hunting bears. Going up in <laughs> bears and rhinos. <laughs> um, and fucking Tommy, he's just like throwing just shit on this guy's on this guy's game. He's like, I'm going up in the woods to hunt bears. Tommy's like, you can't possibly be hunting bears. Like, Shut the fuck up, Tommy. Um, uh... And so later on, you actually find out that he's the brother of Sandra from Friday the 13th Part 2. The girl with the the big cans that walked around in a bikini top the entire movie. Um, so he's out for revenge against Jason. And that's why he's up in the woods. Um, so he kind of teams up with, with Trish after things start going down. Um, because they've they've finally seen jason in action he's like or actually seen the results of his work so they know he's out there somewhere but jason being the phantom that he is they can't seem to find him um but uh yeah and i mean from here it's it's basically your your standard slasher fare jason just you know finds people and kills them in his classic jason way you know He's very creative for somebody who's like mentally deficient. Yeah, I like. Uh, he's like, hmm. like Crispin. He's like, hey, where's the fucking corkscrew? And then all of a sudden, Jason just stabs him in the hand with a corkscrew, and then uh, and he was like, here's a corkscrew, <laughs> and then cleavers him in the face, <laughs> and then he nails him up. Like he starts putting bodies in front of the exits in the, in this house. Like he puts, uh, I think it's. Terry uh, puts her body in front of one door, then nails Crispin's body up in the doorway of another door. <laughs> yeah, what was that creative. about? Nailing him up? Yeah. I think maybe just trying to prevent people from leaving the, leaving the building. I don't know. I mean, it's not like a lot of uh, 
creative thought went into writing these movies. It was almost like he was crucifying them. That's what it looked like, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Jason just starts laying waste to people, as Jason does. <clears throat> um, then Rob and Trish, they try to uh, track him down and stop him, but eventually they, they find find out where he is and track him down to the basement of this house, um, and... Then Jason gets his hands on Rob and starts killing him with something. And Rob is very sure to let you know that he's killing him because he repeatedly says he's, he's killing, killing me. <laughs> it's like, Rob, are you okay? No, he is killing me. <laughs> but he keeps saying, go run, get away. He's killing me. He's killing me! Run! He's killing me! <laughs> it, it, I, like, I don't know if that was part of the script, and if it was, then that like is just poor writing. <laughs> but if like he was just uh, uh, kind of riffing, I feel like the director should have said, Hey, no. No, no. Don't do that. Let's do another take where you don't yell, He's killing me 17 times. <laughs> right? Like, if somebody is killing you, are you going to inform people around that he's killing you? Or are you just going to scream? Not if I'm telling them to run. If I'm trying to get them to save me. It's like, sure, hey, he's killing me. Stop him from killing me. <laughs> Please stop him from killing me currently. Don't let him kill me. Because right now, he's killing me. Because <laughs> right now... He is killing me. In in this moment, he is killing me. <laughs> um, so uh, Trish escapes and tries to uh, hook back up with Tommy, who's been kind of trying to stay s- safe in their house. Um, but Jason, you know, <laughs> there are two houses within walking distance of each other so it's not hard to guess where Trish went (laughs) Jason goes to that house and goes to the Jarvis's house and throws a body through the window I think it's actually he throws Rob through the window um, and tries to get uh, tries to pop through another window and grab Tommy Um, but I think Tommy manages to break loose or Trish hits him with a machete or something or a hammer hits him with a hammer yeah um. Anyway, so Jason eventually makes his way into the. She hits him Jarvis with the hammer house. like three or four times, and nothing happens. So she flips it over to the claw side and stabs him in the neck with it. Yeah. Um. And that just pisses him off. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes into the house. Um. And uh, Trish and Tommy escape up into Tommy's room and kind of barricade themselves in. That obviously doesn't work too well because Jason is like this behemoth. Um, uh, He gets through the door and Trish smashes a TV on his head and they think he might be dead so they start walking past him and Jason pops up and grabs him again. Man, when when, when Trish like slams the TV on his head I really wanted her to say, welcome to primetime bitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
It came out the same year. Right? Did they? Pretty sure Dream Warriors came out in 84. That's not important. Um, anyway, so they try to escape again, and uh, Jason chases them through the house. And um, Let's see. They get separated, and Trish runs. And she somehow expected Tommy to run, too, even though Jason was right there. Yeah, she she takes off into the woods, but then kind of doubles back to the house. Yeah, because she realized Tommy was still there. Yeah, or she didn't re- realize Tommy was still there because he gets back. To, she gets back to the house, and Tommy's calls out for her, and she's like, "Tommy, goddamn it, you're <laughs> supposed to run!" <laughs> but Tommy's up in the bedroom because uh, he's like um, like a special effects enthusiast or you know horror movie enthusiast and he makes a lot of masks and you know props and things like that so i assume this is somewhat on like on a related level he's up in the bathroom you know analyzing these artist renderings of jason as a child um and cutting his hair then while trish is trying to fight jason off um Tommy comes down the stairs uh, with his head, you know, almost entirely shaved, with just like little sprigs of hair every here, every you know, here and there, and calls out to Jason, and Jason is presumably like recognizes him as himself as a child. Which how does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Like I know that Jason is like you know developmentally challenged and whatever, but. Like, it, he's like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, they used a similar trick in part two when, um, uh, fuck, uh, Ginny, uh, you tries to try to disguise herself as Pamela to trick Jason. Yeah, but that makes more sense, at least. Yeah, that makes more sense. Disguising yourself as Jason to try and fool him, that makes no sense. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, I thought I was standing right here. <laughs> I thought, Am I actually over there? I thought I was me. <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it makes no sense. But for dramatic purposes, sure. Yeah. Why not? That distracts uh, Jason long enough for Trish to grab the machete and take a whack at his head, um, knocks off his mask so you can see how truly fucked up his face is. And that's another thing that is never consistent from movie to movie. Aside from, like, having the the hatchet mark in his head um, from part three, his face changes in, like, every movie. Yeah. Even, like... This movie, which takes place like days from the from the last movie, when Jason looked like he had a pig face, um, now suddenly he looks like some kind of like ghoul or like Toxic Just, Avenger. <laughs> he kind of looks like Toxie. Yeah. No, I mean that, this is all Tom Savini's work, which I can appreciate, but like he looks nothing like the Jason from the last movie. No. <clears throat> anyway, but. That uh, 
so he, he knocks off the mask and Jason's kind of taken aback. And then Trish takes a side swipe at his head, catches him right in his temple. He lands on the ground and the machete slides into his head. And I guess actually that's a consistency because from here on in, Jason's eyes fucked up. Um, it's funny that they like keep the, they do the little details consistently, but the overall look of his face changes so drastically. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, so now we presume that Jason is dead. He's laying there on the floor, motionless, and you know, uh, Tommy picks up the machete. So Jason can't get it in case he is still alive. And, you know, him and Trish hug. And then he notices that Jason's hand is still moving. So he just starts just whacking him, just whacking him off. And he's like, I'm killing you. (laughs) Um, Then we fade to black and we go to the hospital where Trish is being treated for some kind of injury to her shoulder, which is never like I don't remember her taking I guess she fell out of a window onto the ground, so maybe that... When she swung the machete, she, like, separated her shoulder. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, she's like, you're not answering my question. Neither of you are answering my question. Speaking to the doctor and the police chief. um, And the doctor says, look, I mean, Tommy was responding to a very traumatic situation, um, the kind of fury and, and franticness that he is that frantic is that a word? Um, Franticity, I think is actually okay. <laughs> we'll pretend that's real. <laughs> um, uh, that he was exhibiting while you know attacking the killer. It's completely normal. I don't really see any reason, any cause for concern. I think he's going to be okay. Um, later on. Tommy comes to see Trish in the hospital um, and they're hugging and we see kind of over Trish's shoulder, Tommy's face, you know, he's got his eyes, you know, closed tight. And then he opens them and stares deadpan into the camera. And from there, we're supposed to kind of presume that Tommy has got this psychosis of being like the next, next Jason, basically. Now, again, this is where the series was supposed to end. Um, we know that Jason, that Tommy actually ended up not going down that path. Um, but, uh, you know, it was kind of supposed to be left open-ended. But, you know, money talks. Um, this did very well <laughs> in the theater. Um, it was made for $2.2 million and it pulled in $33 million. So... Naturally, they made another one, but they fucked it up. (laughs) And uh, I mean, people, there are people out there that will swear up and down that Friday the 13th part five is a good movie. And as just like if if you can separate it out from Friday the 13th, like make it its, its own movie. Sure, it's fine. But if you consider it part of the Friday the 13th franchise, it's bullshit because it's not Jason. And that's. The problem I have with it. It's, you know, it's it's like, it's different than Halloween 3, because Halloween 3 is supposed to be its own thing. It's not supposed to take part in the same universe as the Michael Myers stuff. But Friday the 13th Part 5 is still part of the same universe. It's, you know, Jason still exists, and the whole 
thing is that you're supposed to think it's Jason the whole time. Yeah. So it's it's still part of the franchise. It's not, you know, like supposed to be a new direction, even though it's called a new beginning. But it's not supposed right. to be like, oh, we're doing an anthology or something like that. It's yeah, it was it was a cop out. It totally was. Yeah. I mean they just It's like the entire movie, Tommy is supposed is like he's freaking out because he thinks Jason's alive. Even though he personally killed Jason. Um, and so the entire movie, he's he's losing his mind, thinking that this guy who killed his his mother and you know a bunch of other people um, is somehow still alive, and it's not. It's just some dude who dressed up as the killer, and like I, a few years ago, I wrote an article on our website, um, uh, rate, ranking all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and I go into detail about this. In my section about Friday the 13th Part 5. Where, so, it takes place at this halfway home for teenagers. Um, and it just so happens that this guy dresses up as the killer who Tommy killed himself. And, you know, who, who, who killed his family. Um, and... The, the, the guy, Roy, who's posing as Jason, is not even really aware that Tommy's there. So it's not like he... And he's not out to kill Tommy specifically. He's out to take revenge on the people that were that took part in his son's death. So it makes no sense why this guy would dress up as Jason to exact revenge on not Tommy. It's like, aside from the fact that it takes place in, like, the general Crystal Lake area, um, it just, it makes zero sense. Um, Anyway, but, yeah, so this one, uh, a lot of people consider this to be the best one. Um, I think, no, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm not one of them. Sure. This is one of the best ones, if you ask me, but as far as the best one, no. It's got a lot going for it. I mean, it had um, Tom Savini working on it. Um, it, uh, you know, had a lot of a lot of great kills. Um, it it did a good job of kind of incorporating um, the the previous sequels. I mean, you've got it picking up right at the end of the third one. You've got a character out there trying to get revenge for his sister who died in the second movie. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it was very creative and very well done. Um, and like I said, a lot of people consider this the best one. Um, I think this, um, probably the, the first movie, um, and maybe even the second movie to an extent. And then there's people like us who think the sixth one's the best one. Um, I think those are kind of the top contenders as far as being the best. Um, but, um, no, I mean, this had a lot going for it and it it is a very good movie, um, in the series. Um, but, uh, it had a lot, (laughs) a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, uh, kind of made it like this, you know, problem child in the series, I think. So they hired this guy, Joseph Zito, who directed The Prowler. They hired him to direct and write it. And, like, he didn't want to do it. Uh, And 
he's like, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a writer. I'm a director. <clears throat> but they threw more money at him, and he's like, okay, I'll do it. And so what he did is he took some of that extra money and went out and hired his own writer, <laughs> and then said, then he told people he wrote it. And he got actually like him and the guy that wrote it got in trouble with the w- WGA. Um, and uh, yeah, and he was just a real fuck. I mean, uh, Frank uh, Mancuso Jr., who was the producer, um, he was kind of a laughing stock at Paramount because he had been backing all three previous movies, and he was a big reason why these why they wanted to end the series because he didn't want to do this anymore. Paramount kind of he wanted to get out of the slasher business and do other stuff. Paramount wanted to get out of the slasher business, and like he felt like people weren't taking him seriously at Paramount. So, um, I think he was probably pretty hands off and just like, didn't want, like, he's just, just make the movie and be done with it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So Zito, he hired this other writer to write the movie and they took credit for it. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And on set, everybody hated him. Because he was like this very like authoritarian asshole director that wanted things done his way or no way at all. And um, Ted White, the guy that played Jason, actually had to go to bat and like he would refuse to go on set. I think he threatened to quit. And he had a lot of verbal confrontations with Zito because uh, he was treating the actors like shit. Um, uh, uh, Julie Aronson... um, Sorry, Judy Aronson, the girl that played Samantha. You know, she had to do that skinny dipping scene in the in the um, in the lake, uh, the the night scene where she was out on the raft. Um, he would not let her come back to shore in between takes. Oh, Made geez. her sit out there in that raft naked, and she actually ended up with hypothermia. And um, Ted White said, "I'm not doing this unless you let her come in and warm up in between takes, because this is bullshit." And like, um, I think it was the guy uh, that played Rob. Um, oh no, sorry. Uh, the guy in the shower, the guy that got killed in the shower. You know, he was getting slammed up against that wall, um, and Zito wouldn't let him have a, like any kind of crash pad. And so Ted White said, "I'm not, I'm not doing this until you take more consideration for the uh, the actors." Because so I think Ted White. I think like um, Kane Hodder, he's a he's a stuntman, or was a stuntman. Um, so he kind of respected the, the plight of actors um, who have to take bumps, you know. Um, anyway, yes, and uh, I guess at the end when when Corey Feldman was sp- like supposed to be hitting Jason with the uh, with the machete to like really just do him in. Um, he was actually hitting like, like sandbags. Um, but apparently he was pretending that that was Zito. <laughs> and apparently he, like according to Ted white, I'm sure you can hear that he, he was, uh, uh, Corey Feldman. He was like a real shit on set because he was having such issues with Zito. Like he just wouldn't listen to anyone because he was, cause Zito was acting like such a fuck towards him. <clears throat> anyway, so just a lot of drama going on behind the scene. Um, 
it's, it's that being the case, it's kind of surprising that such a, a good film came out from it. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, I really like this movie. Like, I'm not gonna, like I said, I'm not gonna call it my favorite, but it is definitely up there. Um, and it's, it's very well done. And I think it actually gives where a lot of people would probably dismiss Friday the 13th as being like kind of trash movies, um, like most critics do. <laughs> um, I think this act, this movie actually gives it a lot of um, credit, I think. Like, um, what's the word? I don't know. It, it, it gives it legs to stand on as being like a very well-made film. Cache? Sure. What do you think? Um, I mean, I definitely think this is one of the better ones, but my biggest problem with it is the pacing. I feel like the uh, like all the Jason stuff doesn't really happen until the third act, and everything building up to that is just one long episode of Will They Fuck? <laughs> yeah like this is very similar or like part seven is very similar to this i think um in that you've got basically like two storylines going on and or three really because you've got in well in this you've got the kids that are renting the cabin you've got the jarvis family and then you've got jason kind of on his own and you've got like these three storylines kind of all working at the same time. And eventually they do come together. But it, it gets hard. Not It's not difficult to track. It's not like this is like high cinema. But um, it's distracting sometimes. It just seems like Jason is an afterthought until like the end of the movie. Not like the very end. Like I said, like the third act. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we got to kill all these people off. <laughs> well... I don't know. I mean, I don't... I think Jason, he was... The third act is definitely where he starts to get on, like, a roll and start killing everyone. But he's... He was progressively killing people throughout the movie. Like, I, he killed the coroner. He killed the nurse. He killed um, that hitchhiker. Um, I mean, he, he's killing people throughout the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's... 14 people killed in this movie including Jason so it's it's you know a decent body count but it just I think I think it's four in like the first two acts and then ten in the final act but it just it just feels like so much of the focus of the movie is just these kids trying to bang each other it's like this guy is gonna try you know Jennifer Aniston and this guy are gonna try and fuck <laughs> Will they fuck? Probably. <laughs> but it's like you know, what this guy tries to fuck this girl, and she says no, so he just goes on to the next girl and tries to fuck her. And well, that's just kids. Well, yeah, but do I want to watch a movie of that? <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it, it's pretty on track with. The movies up to this point, like, I mean, it seemed like, uh, like in the first movie, Pamela 
was very um, paced in how she was killing people. Like, she was kind of killing people throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Jason kind of will kill people, you know, one or two, you know, throughout the pace of the movie. And then it's always seemed to me like he does most of his killing at the end of the movie. That's, I mean, because, I mean, it's a third act. That's where all, like, all the action is supposed to happen. Sure. But it's just like, like I said, it was almost like he was an afterthought. Like, they didn't even really talk about him. There wasn't, like, a, you know, ghost story. There wasn't this uh, looming fear of Jason until he actually did start killing people. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, as far as, like, in the t- in the st- story's timeline, <clears throat> you know, Jason hasn't really built this legacy yet and so I think people weren't really afraid of him I mean that's if you look at like part six you know because of all the shit that went down you know in the first four movies in part six you know we'll we'll skip over part five because we can kind of consider that separate and it's it's sort of retconned a little bit in part six um you know Crystal Lake has changed the changed its name, you know, and it tries to forget everything that happened up at the up at the camp, and you know all all the kids that all the kids that have died over the <laughs> over the last three movies, um, um, so I think it's just a matter of building up legacy, and I think probably at that point he didn't really have that legacy. But, I don't know. I suppose. I mean, like I said, it, it, it's still. It's still one of my top of the, the series, but that's that's my complaint about it. Is I just felt like uh, there wasn't enough looming fear throughout the movie, and it was basically just like like they didn't know who Jason was, and then he just showed up and started killing him. Yeah. Which, that's, I mean... That's just my take. Sure. Um, no, I mean, I... I I didn't personally have a problem with that. I think it was pretty par for the course as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I thought the kills were pretty creative. Um, you know, yeah, like, no, there's some good kills in it. Yeah. And, you know, like as far as part five goes, you know, I don't really like it because it's not, I don't consider it really part of the series. I think it's a separate entity in and of itself. Um, Uh, but I have to give it credit because it's it's the the kills are very violent and like over the top, and it's also got like the most nudity out of all of them, <laughs> which you know it was directed by a porn director, so that's not super shocking. Um, yeah, but uh, you know this one, uh, Judy Aronson, like ever since I saw Weird Science, and like I was pretty young when I first saw that. I mean, I was probably, I don't know, younger than 15, I think. So somewhere in my early teens. You know, I always thought Ginny was so cute. Like, man, she is like just so fucking hot. Um, And I, I don't really know what it was about her. Just I thought she was so like adorable and hot at the same time. Um, but, uh, then I saw this several years later, and she got naked. I'm like, 
Yes. <laughs> it's like this is the best day. Um. Was she? I remember. She, was she wasn't it Crypticon? Was she? Oh, the other girl. Um, I don't think so. Totally forgetting her name. The girl from the other girl from Weird Science and um, Night of the Creeps. She was. She was there, but I. I feel like I remember her being there too, but I I, I could be wrong. Yeah, it's not important. <clears throat> anyway, um. Yeah, and I think the no- most notable thing about this is. Uh, um, uh, Tom Savini working on it and of course all the great work that goes along with him being on a movie um, it's funny seeing all like you know Tommy being into this special effects stuff you know he likes to make like these latex masks and you know these animatronic characters and stuff it's like a guarantee that's shit that just came straight out of uh, Savini's workshop oh yeah Anyway, um, I wonder if it was supposed to be like a little homage, and that's why his name was Tommy. Could be. Oh, sorry. Another thing I meant to mention is like, you know, talking about Ted White, who played Jason, having such issues with the director. Uh, it actually got to a point where he wanted his name taken out of the credit, his name taken out of the credits. Yeah, I see uh, Wikipedia says uncredited, but he was definitely credited in the version I watched. They may have added it back in, or. Or maybe he didn't get his wish. I don't know. But I know he did demand that his, his name was taken out of the credits. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I don't know. Anything else to add? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. This solid movie. Uh, definitely one of the best ones of the series. I know you've got a lot of people uh, that say that, like, like, you know, they'll say that this is the last one they consider part of the franchise, or they'll say number five is the last one they consider, um, like, I know, uh, Mortensen, he'll say that, I can't remember if it's four or five that he says is the last one he considers canon and everything else is like a fan film. She's like, shut up. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, uh. I have no real complaints about this. Um, I mean, I, I wish there was a little more gore, but it's because I'm sick in the head. Um, uh, but aside from that, I mean, I I don't really have a lot to complain about. I guess. Except, I mean, some of the, some of the script was awkward. The, some of the some of the lines just didn't really track well, and I kind of wish the character of Ted was just not in the movie at all. <laughs> but aside from that, but he's that guy that you like. He's the guy that you want to see get off. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so hmm.
give it a seven. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, it's like, what did I give part six? I don't know. You fucking guy. You're supposed to know these things. What, just because I have it pulled up, you think that I'm like the custodian of records or something? Uh, search all sheets, idiot. Oh, shit, no. I... Doesn't matter. I'll give it seven. You gave it an eight. I gave part six an eight. Okay. Yes. Yeah, seven. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, my only one complaint is that the the middle of the movie feels like American Pie or something. <laughs> but, um. But I mean, everything else the the kills are great. Um, and it's it's definitely, you know, it. Uh, it feels much more like part of the franchise than, say, Part 9 or Jason X or something, where they're just like, let's just get stupid with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it definitely feels more in line with the, the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, I mean, it feels weird because you say you have no complaints and I have that complaint, but I'm going to give it a 7 too. Well, there you go. I mean, we have different uh, standards, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Well, we did it, guys. First episode back. Feels good. Feels good. Yeah. Let's get back in the groove. And, um, yeah. So we'll be back uh, with you again in a couple weeks because that's the end of this episode. What am I doing? <laughs> You were doing fine. That was fine. That was fine. I felt like I was going backwards. <laughs> we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks. It was out of it was out of order from your normal, but it was, I was fine. Say, it I, works. I, was just, I usually say that's the end of the episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, but this time I said it backwards, and it just felt wrong. It felt dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back in a couple of weeks with a brand spanking new episode. Wherein we'll be talking about two other movies. Do we have those picked? I feel like I remember seeing a blank spot. I have one picked. You don't have uh, one picked. Fuck. Okay. Well, I'll pick something before the next episode, I promise. Um, uh, I picked Bloody Birthday because it's going to be right before my birthday. Oh, yeah. It's so. Taylor's 11th birthday, everyone. Hey, he's be 11 He's years 11 old. years old. <laughs> and we might actually record that one in person. So that would be a nice little birthday present, yeah, wouldn't it? Um, and uh, cool. And we'll have you know a bunch of horror business and and stuff, exciting stuff for all you, all y'alls. That may or may not be about Bruce Campbell. Who knows? <laughs> we're setting a tone here. We're we're now the Bruce Campbell podcast. We should start the Bruce Campbell yes. podcast. <laughs> I don't know how many episodes we can get out of that, but <laughs> I mean, if we just do one movie per, we could do it for a while. Go a while, yeah. 
He's done a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> Episode one, the man with the screaming brain. <laughs> What's that one? Uh, f- uh, fuck that really bad one he did with um, Angus Scrim. Fuck, I can't remember. I don't know. It was shitty. Anyway. Um, okay. So join us again in a couple weeks with the Bruce Campbell podcast. Um, okay. Where am I going with this? Oh, Taylor, uh, before we do our next episode, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you send us an email and let us know that you did that, then Tony will send you a magnet. I got so uh, many magnets. They're, they're, they're metal and they're cool. Um, you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And of course, if you feel like contributing monetarily, you can head over to patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Become a grave digger. Do it. Alright guys, so we'll catch up with you then. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.